All right, we're gonna hold on. I gotta get my paper. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold the fork. Gotta keep track of the timestamps, you know. <laughs> Bill, I saw another good clip from um, Norm McDonald this morning. <laughs> They're all good clips, Jeremy. Playoffs are for winners. On the other side, we do have to deal with Nagak. <laughs> Ngakwe. You are listening to the Packers pregame podcast. And who better to pound the rock than AJ? The tree trunks, Dylan. I don't, I don't, I don't have a good nickname for him. Answering the hardest question. Or should we just let this play out? Um, you know that's a good question. Fiery debates. It's Kyle. It's Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller's better than Jair Alexander. Yep, he's better. Uh, unbiased opinion. I disagree. And finally, the hottest of takes from the greatest of truth tellers. All right, look around, pre-snap, where's number 20, where's number 20, there he is, that's where I'm going. You don't even have to make reads. This game is a chance for Mitchell Trubisky to turn the tide on his career in the next decade for the Chicago Bears. The question that everyone should have been, well, it shouldn't even have been a question, the statement that everyone should have been saying loud and clearly, yelling it from the rooftops, from the mountaintops is, Look what Aaron Rodgers has done in spite of Mike McCarthy. He has won in spite of the people above him and the people higher up in the organization. He has dragged this team through the mud. He has willed this team to win. We do not give him the credit that he deserves. Hello, and you are welcome for listening to the Packers pregame podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike. We match up so well with the Dolphins Burns. And with us, we've got the full crew. We'll start with Bill. Sorry I couldn't make it to the pod last week. I closed down a Wisconsin bar, Kranz Noble. And Jeremy, we want San Fran Macatelli. Boys, Jeremy, when you say we want San Fran, what are you what could you possibly be talking about? Uh, playoff run. We, we we want them. The, the boys in Green Bay want them. They they want to run Who it back. is we? Who is we? Who is we? we I don't us. want them. I'm, I don't I'm want pretty them. sure. I'm pretty sure. Specifically, you asked me in the group chat earlier this week. You said, Mike, would you rather play San Fran in the playoffs or miss the playoffs? And I'm the play the right lottery guy. That's my thing. That's my shtick. And I would rather miss the playoffs. So I don't I know don't who we that. is. No, you don't recall that. That's that is yeah, convenient. I, that is really convenient. Rich. That is said, that is rich. I said that if the Packers do match up with the, uh, I almost said Giants, the San Francisco 49ers, um, I will not miss. I will not watch that game for my own mental health. I just, me too. I can't. I can't do that anymore. I really will watch along on Twitter and only if the Packers are blowing them out, which obviously wouldn't happen, then I no. would turn it on. I won't watch a close game. No. I won't watch us getting blown out. I, I, no. I, I don't think I could do it. Seriously, it would murder me. But here's the thing. I do think that I may find myself sending out the Aaron Rodgers video of I'm going to make the 49ers regret never drafting me. It may get me myself pumped up that this is the one time we can actually do it. So to be determined. Now on the podcast today, we are going to do our weekly recap of the game last week against the Rams, and we'll talk a little bit about what's been going on with Elton Jenkins and the playoff push. Then we'll do our game preview, where we will preview the game in Miami on Christmas. We are going to continue with our very popular segment of Jeremy helping me with my betting, and then we'll go to our favorite matchup to watch, our theme of the week on Twitter, the injury report, what we're afraid of, matchup stats, and we'll finish out with our predictions. So... Let's jump right into it. Ronnie Brown. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. The Green Bay Packers defeated the Rams again, 24-12 on Monday Night Football. Um, I have one question for you guys actually about that before we jump into the specifics of the game. Now that betting is legal in so many states, when 
will announcers stop being so coy about the over and under? Because um, all of a sudden, like when the Packers went down at the one yard line and didn't score that last touchdown, which would have hit the over and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are like giggling to each other. Like, oh, some people are very upset that the Packers aren't going for it here. Some people, when are, when are we going to stop being coy about that? When will it be like, man, the over's right there. I think it just depends on your broadcast group. I think Joe Buck doesn't strike me as a, a batting man, nor does Troy Aikman. When it's when it's Al Michaels <laughs> on, on your Thursdays, you know how he's feeling, but he's been doing it for so long that he's just probably never going to get used to it being out in the open. You can just tell by how disgusted he is with something, how much money he has on the particular game. Because he's probably <laughs> been laying it on the line for decades. He has been. I want to know like who his bookie is, you know? Like, someone walking <laughs> around like, I am Al Michaels' bookie. That's hilarious. It uh, owes me a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, let's just start with uh, overall reactions to the game. So the Packers have really had the Rams number ever since Sean McVay has been there. Um, and the game could have been a lot worse for the Rams. There was that... Really weird Aaron Rodgers interception where he just straight up overthrew the uh, overthrew the wide receiver Alan Lazard, and then there was that weird fumble by Aaron Jones where like forward progress maybe was stopped, maybe it wasn't. I don't think it was. I think it was just a straight strip. But those are two red zone errors that uh, I mean this game could have gotten really bad. And then obviously the Packers probably would have punched it in if they had to at the end of the game so bill uh immediate takeaways from the game uh yeah uh well the first thing is we've had sean mcveigh's number except that one time that ty montgomery decided to take the ball out of the end zone oh yeah (laughs) i forgot about that that is so funny that's well we all try to forget about that that was a that was a tough one oh Um, my god yeah no the game was I'm worried that, like, we're getting to the point where, like, are we going to go? Is it going to be, like, a weekly thing now where Aaron Rodgers has a fucking weird-ass interception, like, once a game, where he just throws some, like, huh, ball? Like, what? Yeah. And then it's like, you know, then you get immediately, you get the discourse of, like, well, was it his fault or was it Lazard's fault? And it's like, I mean, it's pretty clearly Aaron's fault because even if Lazard runs out that route, it's at best like a contest, like a heavily contested, you know, catch. And, and at like, worst, I'm... at worst, we have a concussed receiver. Right. right. Like he threw him directly into traffic. That was a that was a good old fashioned Peyton Manning hospital ball right there. That was yes, that was awesome. Collie flashbacks. <laughs> um, no, I think the game was good. I mean, I was definitely worried that like, you know, well now where the Packers are, it's like. This is the game we should win, which means I'm nervous because it means where it's going to be a lot closer than it should be. Because, well, also, was the was it Packers plus seven and a half, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Jeremy, yeah, we're, was, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second because, of course, your boy hammered the Rams. So I, I also – I did live bet the Rams, and uh, <laughs> that was a sucker's – that was a sucker's bet. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that was a mistake. Uh, so uh, one of the one of the questions that I had in terms of takeaways from the game was last week, Jeremy and I, Bill, I know you weren't here because you closed down a, a Wisconsin bar, but when Jeremy and I were on the podcast last year, or last year, last week, the question was, is there, is there, could the Packers win in a convincing enough fashion to give us confidence moving forward? And this game really tested it for me because they could have won this game 38 to 12 if there weren't two turnovers and the Packers turnovers this year, by the way, that's a whole different conversation. They're really weird, weird, but that game did give me some confidence. Like we thoroughly dominated that game. Jeremy, should that game have given us any confidence? (laughs) Jeremy just was like, what? Jeremy's eyeballs just popped out of his head. I didn't watch it that closely. I mean, I had, I watched the entire game just, you know, sparingly and not my whole, my whole night wasn't driven around it. But re- really, I was going to ask, what what did you see against that Rams team missing all of those guys and Baker Mayfield starting with backup receivers? What did you see that made you think, wow, you know, this is just this is a really a, a, an inspiring victory against the Rams at home 
to 24 to 14. You know, we're on track now. 12. 24 just, to 12. Double them up. See, that's what I mean. Watching, but not really watching. 24 to 14, 24 to 12, same thing. So the but thing that really? the thing that the thing that inspired me, Jeremy, um, was that I, I do think the bad or the Badgers, uh, Freudian slip, the Packers, they can no matter who they play. I think at the beginning of the year, if we played a really good team like the Dolphins, I would be nervous that we were going to get blown out. Like with the Bills game, that wasn't really close. That moral victory of losing by ten or whatever. I think that this Packers team now with the way that they're running offense and the way like their scheme set of like hold, get time of possession, limit possessions, no deep passes, we can drag it into the mud with anyone. So like we'll talk about this in a minute, but like we can keep any game close and we need and that's bad when we play bad teams, but we don't have bad teams on the schedule the rest of the way. It's all good teams from here on out. So I like just a, that. Just one very fraudulent team. Just one fraudulent team, yes. Um, but no, I it did give me some confidence because I thought they could have won that game 38-12. to, to 12. But, I mean, I am living high right now. I'm just going to take every win I can. I liked, uh, I liked seeing uh, uh, Dubs and Watson finally play together for the first time in, like, this whole season, basically. Yeah, I, um, I want to touch on that too, because Bill, I want your thoughts, and Jeremy, I want your thoughts. Romeo Dub seems like pretty good. He seems like uh, he seems like he's actually he's a hands catcher. He's a hands catcher. I also I was I was funny. I was joking about it with my dad, but it and it's I think we both agreed it was like kind of smart by him. But it, it seemed like every pass he got in the middle, as soon as like he got contacted, he just went down. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to try to break this. I'm not going to try to do a big thing here. I'm just going to catch the ball. Guy's right there. I'm going down, and I'm saving myself. So I'm like, you know what? That's smart. I like that. You know what's going to be really nice about the holidays this year? What? I'm not going to hate all the Dobbs conversations. So um, let's talk about uh, – let's talk about – I have this Keyshawn Nixon thing is nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. He is yes. so good. Jeremy, what was the text that you sent in the group chat about the world being upside down? Because the Packers have a uh, good return men? Like that that was pretty much it. Just like why this isn't right. Like the Packers, everything's going wrong everywhere else, but they have the guy who gets you to the thirty five every single time out. This isn't right. And like yeah. the Bears have a guy who fumbles every time he touches it. Like this isn't how things are supposed to be. The he has this he's so he's played basically five games since he got the job from uh, Amari Rogers and in those five games he's had over a hundred yards returning <laughs> in five straight games. It's crazy. Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand up on a pedestal just because I had one guy who was really good at returning and think that I know more than everybody else. But God damn it, I know a good return man when I see it. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. I mean, obviously they get yards, but. You can just kind of see it in the way they move. When when it's Amari Rogers, he like is like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just gonna run straight. Maybe I'll turn if I see a lane. This guy's like setting people up in the middle. He's got that big hard jab step and he goes to the outside. I'm like, this is this is the Madden move when you do kick returns, but it works. There's a reason people do it. There's a couple guys like the Dallas Cowboys guy, Kayvon Turpin. He's a good returner. Ray Ray McLeod, San Francisco, good returner. Khalif Raymond, good returner. There's not a whole lot of good returners out there but you know it when you see it i think that both of you will remember when we should have known that nixon was going to be a good return man do you remember the moment is it when he his first i think it was his punt return and he caught the ball above his head <laughs> yeah that's yeah, exactly that's right when he, he caught like, it oh, over his head and it just stuck like he had stick him yeah, yeah. Like, oh this is not a mari rogers football no, that's right. Yeah, I was almost worried in that very second. I'm like, oh shit! Like, it's not supposed to happen for them. That's this right. That's the other good. thing. That's the other thing. It's like, um, I think just proves t- just how bad Amari Rogers as returning as a returner. Because it's not like they're. It's. I would assume the Packers special teams. It's not like they're deciding to block better or block more or whatever. They would. I would assume they're doing it the same. But Amari Rogers was so bad, like he couldn't <laughs> even like. He couldn't even get to like the twenty without either tripping on his dick or fumbling the ball or both. 
There so, are levels uh, to return men here. Really quick. There are levels to return men, and you can see it immediately. There is your really good returners, like the guys I mentioned, your Dante Halls, Devin Hester, the Kayvon Turpin, people who just have like, a, they just, they just know what they're doing. They, they, Desmond Howard. Sure. They have, they have their moves. They're really good. And then there's your average guys who are just safe, secure. They're going to catch the ball. They're going to fair catch when they need to. They're not going to fumble it. And that's Mike one Hyde. example I have watching. Has Sure, him. Like Dante Pettis, journeyman receiver for the Bears. Every time he's back there, I'm like, look, he's going to get maybe five yards. But he's going to catch it, and he's not going to fumble it. He knows what to do. And then there's Amari Rogers. Every time he touches it, you're scared he's going to do something catastrophic. That's right. Now, yes. okay, so the question, this is actually, you know what, I'm going to save this for theme of the week. I'll save it for theme of the week. Remind me. Um, all right, there are a couple save other for things. Theme of the week. Thank you. Uh, a couple other things You're that welcome. we want to talk about before we jump to the game preview. Um, Elton Jenkins got an extension, four years, $68 million, $24 million signing bonus. When I talked to Bill about it on the phone this morning, I was surprised that he got guard money and not tackle money. If I was Elton Jenkins, I'd have been asking for at least – uh, in between guard and tackle money because he plays tackle uh, whenever we have injuries at the right or left tackle. But I want to start here. Um, Jeremy, because I'm so well-versed in Bears Twitter, I want your opinion. Um, Bears Twitter was was pretty sure that Elton Jenkins was going to be dressing up with the C on his helmet next year. So what? tell me what is the reaction has been on Bears Twitter to Elton Jenkins uh, signing an extension. It was kind of just a whole bunch of so much for that. It didn't seem like a, oh my God, there's their only option is gone, which it kind of seems like it might be. Like, free agent class, I think, is pretty dumpy this year, which is super classic when the Bears have like $150 million in cap space and there's nobody worth giving all that money to. Um, I don't know. To me, I didn't expect it at all. And if I'll be completely honest, our, our boy Beater, when he went on my Bears windy city gridiron podcast and it was just a question that was tossed in there about like elton jenkins and he made a very good point and it's held true like a month later the packers don't let guys that they drafted offensive linemen like elton jenkins walk away they just don't so i was like well that's a very fair point i'm not going to put any more effort or energy into thinking he's going to sign with the bears i just don't know why he would obviously their next looking their, their next plan is to go for somebody else the Packers for some stupid reason but no I don't I, don't, I personally didn't care because I didn't think it was going to happen but a lot of it was just like well so much for that moving on that's the thing I didn't get is like I, it was news to me like today I saw it like some of the package winners pulling the receipts of like oh everyone said he was going to the Bears I'm like like where did it even start like where who was that like oh the Bears are going to sign a tackle or a, an offensive guard from Green Bay who's not even a free agent yet like why is that like the the rumor that gets started? I don't it's know. It's just a rumor because we have like the proximity and for like like I said, how much cap space they have. They're going to be players in free agency, and they're going to try to find anybody worth giving money to. And if one of the guys is off the board, even if no matter what team he plays for, it's going to be like, well, there goes that option. O line pool is a little bit uh, thinner now. Same with receivers. They're going to try to sign receivers or draft receivers, and signing them. There's nobody good. I haven't looked at the list in a while, but the list is not great from what I know. I guess it's just like for me, if your fandom on, online is like, instead of doing like, oh man, we're going to get this wide receiver or this quarterback or this, you know, this stud star player, like we're getting a guard. Like <laughs> you're in a bad, you're in a bad spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, a lot of the people that do say that are like beat reporters and draft Knicks. So that, that yeah. seems to make a little bit of sense to me. It's like the people that are Defense. in the weeds. Also, the Bears' offensive line is f- terrible. Of course they are going to be bummed when one of them falls off the market. It's horrible. No, sure. I'm just thinking, I just, I just, in my brain kind of works off like college football Twitter where it's like, we're going to get this guy in the portal. We're going to get, we're going to recruit this guy, whatever, whatever. You know, it's always five-star players, four-star players, you know, the top of the class. It's like, we're getting a guard who's good. But, like, probably not the best. I mean, he's getting paid, like, the second best money now. But, like, I don't know. I just, I think it's funny. And I'm just trying yeah, to Yeah, I mean, I get you. I, I understand. The last thing I have on this is, again, 
our podcast stays undefeated. The Packers have no room this offseason in the salary cap except for the fact that the salary cap is a myth. It's a myth. So, let's... let. That reminds me, I, I gotta post the uh, the Russ Ball uh, Kanye West video. Yes, I'm t- I gotta tweet that out. Yes, you do. Which I say I, sh- I I stole that, so I mean I didn't do it. Just getting that out there, but it always makes me laugh. It makes me laugh too. Um, okay, let's. Uh, uh, we have listed here the Packers Pro Bowlers, uh, so let's just run through that. Jair Alexander is a, a Pro Bowler. Jeremy, it's a pretty good player, huh? Um, Elton Jenkins was named a first alternate. Our other alternates include Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, Keyshawn Nixon, Aaron Rodgers, and Preston Smith. That seems like a decent list. I, Keyshawn Nixon being a Pro Bowl alternate after literally a month is really funny to me. Nuts. Oh, that brought me to <laughs> one, other, one other thing. Um, oh, wait. No, that's the theme of the week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot. That's hey, the theme of the week. The theme of the week. Yes, remember it for, for theme of the week. All right. Uh, Ricky Williams. Okay. I'm a primetime player. I came through when it counted and uh, got my second TV. I got one for my living room now and one for my bedroom. So. All right, let's jump in to the game preview. The Green Bay Packers are going to be taking on the Miami Dolphins in Miami on Christmas Day, 1 o'clock, actually noon, God's time zone. So, uh, let's start with you, Bill. Uh, I ha- it's written here on the on the rundown. I'm just going to ask the question. Uh, it starts with a statement, declarative. It's a warm weather game in Miami. Then the question is, can things get interesting? You know what? I think they can get interesting. Um, I'm just I'm loading up. I'm checking the weather. Uh, it says, well, now maybe I'm wrong, but it says on the ESPN app the game time weather is 53 degrees. That's, uh, I, that seems uh, decently cold. cold for, uh, for, you know, Southern Florida. Um, and also it's, uh, the Dolphins are minus three and a half. Seems low, so, but we'll talk uh, about that in a couple seems minutes. Low. Um, but yes, I think it could be interesting. Um, I mentioned, I think I'd put it farther down, the, um, farther on the rundown, but I can, uh, I can bring it up now. Um, there seems to be the game plan out there to limit the passing attack of the Miami Dolphins. The question is, does Joe Barry know how to do that? Or will he even be able to do it? So, okay, I was I found Joe Barry's press conference yesterday so funny for one reason. The Packers must be so terrified of the Dolphins passing attack that Joe Barry sounded like a high school coach like a, like a terrible high school football team is going up against uh, one of the top teams in the state because all he said was, we have to tackle like our life depends on it. We have to tackle like we've never tackled before. No, really? You're telling me you gotta like make tackles. Like, was it, was that like, in it, like he was admitting how bad they've been at tackling? Or like, he's like, we gotta tackle I mean, like we've never tackled before. Like, yes, you do. Yeah. Also, fundamentals are key. Um, yeah, stay hydrated. You know all those things. I'm, you know. I need to be like... put on game as to what, um, what is the blueprint stopping the uh, passing attack. I don't think I'm privy oh. to that information. I, I have no idea what it is. I just heard. I'll it. tell you, I heard Joe Barry say it. Uh, keep everything in front of you and tackle like you've never tackled before. That's the game plan. The question is, can we so, do it? With, so, so when Jalen Waddle is the other fast guy on the team, how do you plan to keep people in front of you? I don't. Uh, play 13 players on defense. Um, <laughs> Possibly more. The old Possibly buddy Ryan more. defense? Yeah. I, I would 12 people out there, make them call it. I would Have guys wear the same jersey number so they don't know that there's more than 11. Well, this is what I, this is what like early, like when I said, what was it? two weeks ago when we were texting Jeremy and I said that I thought we matched up well with the Dolphins. We can go in with like a really light linebacker core. We don't have to go in with uh, both Campbell and Quay on the field at the same time because the Dolphins are not, or at the time that I texted that, they weren't very good at running the football. 
And so I, I genuinely just think you just like let them, you, you play your linebackers a little bit deeper, you clog the middle of the field and you say to the Dolphins, like, if you want to beat us running, like beat us running. And I can't believe I'm saying that because that's been one of the most frustrating things about the Joe Barry defense. But that I think that's why we match up so well is because they have not been good at running the football. So like, let them run. If they want to try to beat us with whoever Raheem Mostert, he's never beaten us badly before. Oh God! <laughs> the forgot. Dolphins may not have been very good at running, but they still—they most certainly try to run still. So you never know how that matches up against a team that can't stop the run very effectively. If the team you're playing is persistent on trying, even if they're not good at it, just might be the week where they find some holes. I mean, even though that did happen last week against a pretty solid Bills defense, weather could have been a factor too. Like you just—I don't know. Every football game is different. We talked about that last week too, Mike. Beauty of football. It's the beauty of football. Um, I just this popped in my head. I could be wrong, but uh, Mike McDaniel is now the head coach of the Dolphins. Is this a revenge game for Joe Barry? Ooh, makes you think. It does make you think. It. Yeah. Jeremy doesn't get it. Bill, explain it. <laughs> Was it because uh, when Mike McDaniel, you, you, he gets it. Come on. <laughs> Where are you? I saw I, you, 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 uh, you broke character. Uh, I saw, I saw through it. So um, my last question when it comes to the, um, the preview of the game is Miami's coming off of three losses. And because football is football and I, while I, normally wouldn't believe in this i believe in anything when it comes to football except for the salary cap the dolphins are coming off of three losses and tyreek hill tweeted after the buffalo bills game something along the lines of like you will never see me play that bad again i, I promise i would have rather had the dolphins one last week i don't know about you he, he gave the he gave the tim tebow line yes Yes. So, so Bill, would you? Re- I would rather have them one. I don't want to play a team that is vying for a playoff spot, coming off of three losses to three really good football teams. Well, two really good football teams and one, one team a lot like the Packers. So, I, I, I would rather have them one. Well, Mike, um, you're you're kind of you're kind of onto something because that's been their whole season. I mean, they won three in a row, then they. Uh, lost three in a row, then they won four in a row, and now they've lost three in a row. So they might be back on that oh. um, winning thing. Or maybe not. Maybe okay. lose or maybe not. Another... Or they could keep that streak going. <laughs> Look it three. up. Football! Uh, <laughs> counterpoint, what if no? You know what? Um, maybe. What if... <laughs> there it is. Um, no, I think... Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be, I'm gonna give you a serious football analysis right here. Um, it doesn't matter when you play them. Uh, I think the uh, what's it called? Uh, I already forgot what it. Uh, it doesn't matter. I can't remember the word. Um, I'm okay. I've Dan Marino. Greasy. I got so scared. <laughs> oh. All right. Anything else that, that you guys want to say about the? the preview of the Packers game against the Dolphins, or do you want to jump into the next segment? Well, we missed a bullet point of what happened the last time the Packers played the Dolphins. Oh, uh, we, I put that on there and I was feeling really confident about it, but I, I would rather actually not. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, fine. I'll do it. So <laughs> the last time the Packers, this is when this was actually the exact game in which I woke up in the morning. I looked myself in the mirror and I said, I get it. I get why people hate Packers fans. I hate myself. So it was the fake spike game. The Packers come back. The The prevailing narrative in the NFL at this point in time was that Aaron Rodgers wasn't clutch and that he always choked. And we come back, we beat the Dolphins. And I tweeted all caps into the oblivion over and over again that Aaron Rodgers isn't clutch. Aaron Rodgers isn't clutch. Aaron Rodgers isn't clutch. I think I even wrote Aaron Rodgers isn't fudging clutch. And when I woke up the next day, I realized that I hated myself. 
Uh, question. Was that the start of Eric's? No, Eric started in high school. Oh, okay. I thought I was on to something. Damn. No, no, that was... Very I think that that was a symptom. This, this was always... This was also the last time the Packers played the Dolphins in Miami. Oh. Oh, that's right. We were at the game in Lambeau that one year. <laughs> yes, we were. I forgot. I completely forgot about that. Because, oh, yeah, because that, that was when... Cause that's when, uh, like, on the like the fourth play of the game, Aaron Jones broke off like a fifty-yard run, and then we never saw him the rest of the game. <laughs> Cause that was like peak. Like, uh, no one knows how to use Aaron Jones correctly at all, so they're just gonna run him. He's gonna be really good for a quarter, and then he won't play the rest of the game. I would really just love to game. know, like, if I. If I could just have five minutes with Mike McCarthy, I think all of my questions would be around Aaron Jones. Like, what was going on? Like, I just genuinely, like, he had to have had his reasons for not playing Aaron Jones. Like, what What were they? I'd also love to ask that of of Matt LaFleur right now about Devontae Wyatt or Devondre Wyatt. That's, you know, uh, Devontae, you were right the first time. Um, I meant to bring that up. Yeah, like, I know, like, like Aaron Rodgers puts receivers in the doghouse if they, like, miss a throw or whatever. Um, like, Devontae Wyatt, like, does he know? He, he has to know where Joe Barry has buried the bodies because it's the only explanation for why he doesn't play. He got, like, nine snaps last week. And then every like, single week, he's one of the highest graded players. I just don't get it. We did this, <laughs> but we did this with Rashawn, too. Like, Rashawn did not play very much his, his rookie year. Yeah, but there was some depth there. There, I mean, he was playing behind Z and Preston, and that I was like, okay. I mean, he's he's good for a rookie. He could probably get a little more burn, but like you kind of get it. He's kind of in a logjam. But it's like, other than Kenny Clark, like there's no reason that um, Kyle or Sacco, whoever our other, whoever the other uh, lineman is, is, Dean Lowry. Excuse you. Yeah, there, I'm sorry. There's no. There's, well, apologies, but. <laughs> Dean Lowry should not be getting significant playing time over Devontae Wyatt. It doesn't make sense. You Jeremy? Guys, you guys jumped the gun a little bit for me. I'm a little upset. But I have a philosophical question for you that I'd like you both to answer. If you Ooh. were the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator, could you quit Dean Lowry? I don't think so. Wow. Wow. That's a great That's question. A good point. You know what? I've changed, I've st- I've changed my stance completely. <laughs> I don't think um, I could, actually. Cut. Cut Wyatt. Uh, pl- start. Dean. I I already forgot it. Dean. <laughs> shit. How could you quit that workhorse? I couldn't. I haven't. You know, he's a real, he's a real uh, first and last guy. First, first and last out. You know. Uh, I bet Devontae Wyatt wears sleeves when it's cold. You know who doesn't? Dean Lowry. Dean Lowry has never worn sleeves yeah. in his life. Mike Wallace. Do you really need two? I mean, can I have one? If you come over and watch some movies with me. All right, let's jump into people's favorite, favorite segment. The segment that is help Mike with his betting. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, just so everyone knows, this these are fake dollars. I don't actually gamble on football games, but I do talk to friends about gambling. So I need help when I'm giving advice. So um, Jeremy... How do you think last week's segment go? Um, I thought it was fun. And I also, we've heard some feedback that it was fun. So, you know, feedback's always good. Why not keep it going? Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking too. So let's start Let's start with my, my biggest uh, problem last week, which was seeing the seven and a half point line in the Packers game and thinking to myself, man, if I gambled, I would put my entire house on the Rams. What am I, what's going, what's going on there? I, I'm a tiny, tiny bit of a coward when it comes to some of those. I just don't like, anytime it's around seven, eight, I just don't like any of that. It scares a lot the of crap points. out of me. A lot of points to either win by, and it's also an easy, easy backdoor lane. It's very flimsy, no lock on the backdoor type of cover. But one thing I do want to ask is, let's just dive back to last week. Did it did it help at all? Did did how did you do last week? Did you win anything we suggested? Did you stay away from anything that won? Yeah. So 
I stayed away from the bad teams. I stayed away from the bad teams. Did you? Except for the Rams. Okay. And the one thing I did have questions about that I had my eye on all day last week was that Chiefs-Texans game that you pretty badly wanted. Um, and the thing is, I'm going to stand by it, even though it would have absolutely covered, and it was, it would have been a pretty good bet. It also was not a good bet. I stand by the fact that the Chiefs had 502 total yards of offense, and the Texans had 219. Oh my lord. And they went to overtime and lost by six points. <laughs> and I would like to work in this week, Mike, just in case you had an inkling, just in case you wanted to try it out, because they play a really bad team on I Christmas know. Day on Sunday Night Football. Do not bet, bet on the Tampa so Bay Buccaneers. They stink! <laughs> I want to bet Tom Brady so bad. I want to bet Tom Brady so bad, Jeremy. Like, why? I I just I just want to say I love that you're going to Jeremy for the analysis of what to bet and what not to bet. And his takeaway of the Chiefs Texans was pretty good bet. Also, not a good bet. <laughs> <laughs> like you really hit both sides of the track there. I okay. was right, and I still lost. It's sometimes that happens. Mike, if you really, really, really want to bet on that football game, you are taking the under. It is 40 and a half, and it is Bucks cardinals Trace McSorley is starting the football game. <laughs> All right, can I run through some games with you, Jeremy, and you help me out? Yes, you can. We can move on to this week. Okay, so I'm thinking I really like the Detroit Lions on the road minus two and a half, even though I'm a huge fan of home dogs. They're, they're playing the Panthers. I really like that. That's a good one. I'm going to sign off on that one. That's a, that's a fun one. I'm growing. I'm, yeah. All right. I'm going to sign Let's, off on that what? one. Don't be fooled by the Panthers just because they have a chance to win the NFC South. They're not good. The, the Lions are not only getting better as a team just philosophically. They're playing better football. They're getting better players. They're acquiring people that they didn't expect to play until late in the season they got Jamison Williams uh finally coming along a little bit more they got ah, what's his name they got this defensive lineman who's just incredible I think there's just another shack out there either way they got a guy who's awesome so I like that what else you got I got I have now this is going to be hard for you I feel like all right disclaimer everyone remember that Jeremy is our resident Bears fan, but I do think Jeremy is pretty objective when it comes to his the Bears. In fact, he almost may be biased against them most of the time. The Bears are at home, plus eight against the Buffalo Bills. I really want to take the Bears. Um, yeah, they. they oh, they cover. that team certainly covers. You're going to be your head. old. It's going to be cold, man. There's not going to be a lot of points. Probably going to keep it on the ground. Both teams might. Eight points? If the Bears lost by eight points, that's very, that's a very, that's not a good loss. Um, they should lose that game. But they do like to score garbage time touchdowns when they're down by two scores. They love doing that. They lost to the Eagles by five. Jeremy. Well, you know what they say. Uh, good teams win. Great teams win. Jeremy, uh, Bill was shaking yeah. his head, so I want to get... I, I know this is your segment, but I do want to get Bill's opinion because he was shaking his head hard. I just... Man, plus eight. I mean, yeah, that's high. I just... Bills are really good and the Bears aren't as good. I just think... I just don't think the Bears will cover. That's all. Right. That's the thing. Is that we'll think about last week. They played the Eagles. Best team in the NFC right now. The Eagles controlled that game from start to finish, at least to me. I just didn't think the Bears were ever going to win. A.J. Brown set a career high in yards last week, and they lost by five because Justin Fields, once a week, runs for 50 yards and a near touchdown, if not an actual touchdown. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. The Bears lost by less points to the Eagles than the Packers lost to the Eagles, right? Yes. That is correct. Oh. Oh, interesting. Mm. So which team is better? Makes Transitive property. All right. Uh, my last bet, Jeremy, <laughs> my last bet. This is a hard one for me because this is actually where this game coupled with the Bucks game is where uh -oh. this whole segment blossomed from was this team. I really want to take the Titans at home minus three and a half against the Texans. Like really bad. 
I don't like it. Why? Wow. I don't like it. Because it's the Titans and the Texans. I, you, I'm begging you to stop betting on Texans games and other <laughs> games with bad teams. <laughs> Just pretend that game didn't happen. The the Jaguars won last night. They're on the fast track, inside track to winning that division. Just please put the Titans to bed. <laughs> you can do it. That's actually not a terrible bet. It's only three. And it is the Titans are just better than the Texans. They're, the Texans have no business wanting to win games. So I'll let you do that one. I'm just telling you. I'm just. I'm telling you. Please don't. I just love Enough. Jeremy's Jeremy's analysis of, dude. Just stay away from Texans games. It's so good because every Texans line I see, I'm always like, hmm. There I know you don't want to be watching Red Zone and seeing Lovey with his big ass beard out there down by six, just like. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> so good. The thing is, now, if you want to substitute that, I have two for you that I think you might really like. Okay. One of them is a personal favorite of mine, and the second one I think you're really going to like. First one is Bengals minus three at New England. I just think the My Bengals God. are rolling. Patriots are... They're a mess. Patriots, they're just a mess. Three points. Bengals, they got to win to win that division. So take that one with you, Will. But... The second one, I know you like points, Mike. I know you like points. I love points. And this team, it is this team that is um, favored by a bunch of points, has a lot of injuries, and a very particular injury. I think you want to take the Atlanta Falcons plus six and a half at the Baltimore Ravens. Love that. Love it. The, I the also Ravens know can that- barely score seven points. You have a very, very strong bias against the Ravens. I think last week you were captured on this very podcast screaming into the microphone, I don't understand how the Ravens have won nine games. I just, well, I don't. They're going to, before Lamar got hurt, I was telling my other friends they were going to go to the Super Bowl winning games 13 to 10. They can't score, but they can certainly stop people from scoring. But they have no wide receivers. Every single, Lamar... They probably have the most drops in the league. And all those people that are dropping passes are now hurt and not playing. So they just have worse players. The Ravens are so good, and yet they're so bad. Look at some of their games and their schedule. I I can't believe they mustered nine wins. They make me angry. I like the Ravens, but they make me angry. They can barely score seven points, let alone win by seven. I would I'd love a Desmond Ritter Falcons week. So would all of Falcons fans. Well, Mike, they've been the Falcons covered last they've week. Been, Five and a half. Falcons fans have been screaming for Desmond Ritter for like half the season. Which I don't blame them. Um, it's just funny. Dan Marino. Did you just listen to the question I just answered? Okay, I got three years invested in Brett Hundley, two years invested in Joe Callahan. The quarterback room is exactly where it needs to be. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our favorite matchup. Oh, damn it, I didn't read it. I'm no, sorry. that's okay. Let's move on to our favorite matchup of the week. Uh, I'm going to actually start this week where I never start, and that's with Jeremy. Um, Jeremy, what, what matchup are you most excited for? I am excited for the Packers' apparently new revamped offense versus <laughs> this <laughs> Dolphins defense. And with a follow-up question that I'm legitimately asking. It's not rhetorical. Do you know anything about this Dolphins defense? Like, at all? I do. Andrew Van Ginkle. I do. What are I'm... they good at? I know a couple players, but, like, what are they good at? They're not They're not actually that good. Um, but they're also really injured. So, they where they would be good at Uh-oh. if they were fully healthy would be they have really, really good cornerbacks. They are... They have, they have, they're able to run a lot of man because their cornerbacks are so good. But the... Are they? Like, I know yeah, they have Pirates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Xavier and Howard, but like... It's a pretty good one, have too. They, have they been good? This, I mean, sometimes you don't need them to be all-stars. You just really need them to be formidable enough. Um, that's kind of what I mean, though. Like, they have names, but I don't know if those names are worth anything. They haven't been good this year. The, the Dolphins' defense has no. been below average. You know what the most overrated trade of the trade deadline was? Getting Bradley Chubb. He hasn't done anything, anything since getting in the league except getting hurt. I, I just, yeah, we trade for Bradley Chubb. Ah, and then listening to Mina, she agreed with me. She was like, 
the Dolphins actually have a pretty good pass rush. And surprisingly, it's not because of Bradley Chubb. <laughs> it's the other guys. But I don't know who the other guys are. It's a good question. It's a good question. One that you can find answers to on another Packers podcast. Uh, that doesn't exist. We'll have to create a new one that answers these questions, these these uh, these unanswerable questions. Bill, favorite matchup? Uh, my favorite matchup is the Dolphins wide receivers, two of them, versus the Packers entire secondary. Because um, outside of Jair, Pro Bowler, Pro Bowler. Jair, pretty good. Pro Bowler Jair. Um, pretty good at football, Jair. Yeah. Uh, a little nervous about uh, Rasul um, and uh, oh, I guess Stokes is still hurt. Isn't yes. Uh, oh God, are they gonna? Is, is Keyshawn gonna get some run back? Yes, there? yes, he will. He has been. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, who? Uh, I really wish we had King of the, the Slot right now. Yeah. Well, he would be a good uh, vet vet depth. Um, what happened to Savage of the Slot? Bro. Well, he he. I think he got one snap last yes. week. Got burned, and they're like, you know what? This is enough of that. We're gonna just not play you. We've had two really weird safety like like career arcs. Two safeties in a row. We drafted very high, and they played really well for a year or two. And now one of them can't see the field. The other one we traded for a sixth round pick to the Bears. Like, really weird career arcs. Like, how you go from being so good to so bad so quickly. Well, and getting Adrian Amos from the Bears. Like, what happened to him? He's been bad this year. He's, he is, he's old. He's old. Getting old for a strong safety. Hit a lot. My favorite matchup to uh, watch this week is as simple as four verts versus engage eight. The Dolphins blitz a lot. They blitz a lot, and they're also very, very susceptible to the deep pass. So I'm excited to watch what wins out. It is the question that people have been trying to answer playing Madden for years. Engage eight versus four verts. Do you get to the quarterback fast enough? What wins out? Actually, you know what? Let's answer this question right now. Or this Sunday will answer the question for us. But if we had to guess... What, what, if the, what wins out? Four verts or engage eight? Well, uh, I think I I think I saw this on Beater's Twitter, but uh, Aaron Rodgers has been not good against the Blitz this year. No. Um, not good under pressure. So I think in this case, I think I think engage eight might win out. But normally I would say four verts. Jeremy? What team runs in Gage 8? The Dolphins will be. <laughs> the Dolphins will um, be. Hey. Hang on. Hey, running Gage anybody... 8, I'm taking the Dolphins. It's <laughs> only if they do. If any, if any head coach is going to run plays right off the Madden playbook, it's Mike McDaniels. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, he really does just like to, you know, play Madden out there. Smoke weed and play Madden, that's right. Alindo Mare. What was the injury? My knee. Um. All right, let's move on to our theme of the week. So we always talk about, for new listeners out there, if you exist, theme of the week. We always like to talk about what has been talked about most on Twitter. And this is where I promise to bring back up the Keyshawn Nixon thing. So the theme of the week on Twitter has been the question, how did the Packers stick with Amari Rodgers for so long? How did we not know that Keyshawn Nixon was actually this good? I'm, I have my answer, but I want to hear y'all's answer first because this has been the theme. So, so how is it possible that the Green Bay Packers and Rich Passaccia, who's a good uh, special teams coach and also has been with Keyshawn Nixon multiple times in his career. How how possibly could you stick with Amari Rodgers that long and not know what you have in Keyshawn Nixon? Uh, Bill, how, how does that happen? I think, um, I don't know if it's just Matt LaFleur or the coaching staff as a whole, but 
their it seems to be their uh, their cross to bear is sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> they are absolute. They are they are absolutely victimized by the sunk cost fallacy week in and week out, player to player. Um, they, I don't know. I don't know if it's because of where they, but I, I don't know what it is. I, I just like it's like they draft a guy and they go, "Well, we draft him. He should be good. Got to play him." And it's very clearly, for at least for some guys, it's like, "No, you don't have to play him. In fact, please play anyone but him." And they go, "Nope. He's gonna keep." Got to play him. Put too much into this guy, Jeremy. Jeremy, what? How? Well. Bill said almost exactly what I was going to say, just in a different way. I wasn't going to use sunk cost. I was going to use, which is exactly what it is. It's, especially when you're the GM or the coach that brought him in, really hard to quit guys that are young and you want to invest in. It's very hard. You want to see what they are. And even though he's shown you time and time and time and time and time and time again, (laughs) he can't hang out of the ball and isn't good at his job that you have to move on to somebody else. And I do have a question. What do you mean Rich Passaccia has been with Keyshawn Nixon before? How old is that guy? Because he kind of looks like he's 30. Ke- uh, wh- how old is I'm which one? Keyshawn Nixon. Like, yeah, where's he I'm been before? You said Rich Passaccia has been with him before, and I just kind of thought he was like a young guy. I didn't know he was maybe a cast off from the Raiders or whoever. Uh, I can answer both of those questions if you'll allow me. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon uh, was signed by the Oakland Raiders as an undrafted free agent in 2019. He is also 25 years old. Whoa. Sounds about right. He's that young? Well, I didn't Uh, think he was old, but I kind of didn't think he was like 22. He didn't seem like he was a brand new around the block, but he also looks like he's got some weather on his face. Well, he was signed as an undrafted free agent in 2019 from the Gamecock, South Carolina. So, I mean, he and Angan Barre have been very good. We got two really good yeah. cocks on the team. Maybe, maybe instead of dr- drafting dogs, we should draft cocks. Yes, I agree. All right. Do you guys want to know the actual answer to why? Yeah. Yes. Football. That is the answer. <laughs> no, because here's the thing. Okay. This has been the excuse from a lot of Packers Twitter. It's like, you, you can't run full special teams in practice. How are you going to test anyone out? Like, like... You test someone out and you see them run. You you can't actually know what they're going to do on special teams. And so you don't know. The answer then to why you run with Amari Rogers for as long as you do is because football is hard. And being able to predict football and project football is hard. And special teams is harder. It's football. That's how. Agreed. I love, love that. Vinny Testaverde. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good. Spot down. Walsh's kick is up. And it is no good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. All right. So let's move on to um, our segment that is called what are you most afraid of we tell you what we are most afraid of and what you should be most afraid of and then we're going to get to bill's injury report so um let's start i'm going to start out this one uh i am most afraid of tyreek hill saying that he isn't ever going to play that bad again because uh and the dolphins learning to run the ball those are the two things that i'm most afraid of scares me to death bill what are you most afraid of um, I am most afraid of death by a thousand Tyreek Hill slants because Joe Barry still plays <laughs> 10 yards soft coverage. Is it, is it even like slants that they run? I know that the Dolphins love a good like in-breaking dig because they do the little five-step drop, but then right at his top, he loves to throw it. To, every time I watch to a throw, I'm like, that looks like a really good throw, but also it looks like it's got a bunch of air under it. I think it's just that we have He's a lefty. I, I was just going to say, I think we just haven't seen <laughs> enough lefties in the NFL. It shouldn't be this drastic of a view change, but it is. Every time he throws it, I'm like, Ooh, it looks a little soft, but then it's there in a heartbeat and in a flash. Well, I think there was a, there was a clip going on Twitter, and it was like, it was just uh, two his throws, but they reversed the, the camera angle, so it looked yep. like he was right-handed. <laughs> and the throws looked really good. It's like, yeah, it's just... <laughs> 
people's eyes don't like what they're seeing and that's real like, honest it's an optical illusion i kind of think it's just the way he throws because i we used to watch michael vick play and god that guy had a sweet super silky throwing motion i liked watching him throw yeah but he could also literally throw just flicking his wrist 50 yards like two has got a really wind up and i mean he has a strong arm don't get me wrong but like he kind of throws like ryan Tannehill. it feels like it's a lot okay. of push. it's a lot of push it's a lot of shoulder sure. so much like your arm angle i don't know but you know what we're i mean i'm i i'm i get it yeah um so that's really what i'm afraid of and that kind of ties in back to the uh uh hang on i gotta scroll up this bad radio uh the game preview when I said the game plan is out there, but I don't know if Joe Barry can do it. I'm Joe Barry has shown week in and week out, loves him some soft coverage, especially on third downs, third and long. I think it was that the Rams game, I think it was like the even the first drive or first couple of drives, they just kept converting like third and tens, third and twelves, you know, or like even second and longs, and they would get like right up to the, you know, the the line to gain. It's like I mean, like I'm not a <laughs> like, how I'm, not a, keep I'm, doing this? I'm not right. Like I'm not a defensive coordinator by any means. But even I'm like, I think you could uh, change the covers there, Joe. I think you could play a little tighter. So what I'm most afraid of here, and I can't believe that we've come full circle from like preseason we see the schedule come out to like i can't believe this game is going to be what it's going to be to the packers are really bad the dolphins are going to whomp them i'm just so afraid that like the packers go in there and somehow beat a, a superior team and we're just we're back doing we're gonna make the run we're getting into the dance type of thing like dolphins can you please just put them out of their misery and end this before the, like, so i can enjoy the last two weeks of the season and not have to think about them that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't think we've talked about it, but oh, we're, that, wait, that's do we do theme of the week? That's coming up. No, right? we already did it. We did theme of the week. Oh well, turns out I'm not a good listener on the podcast that I'm doing <laughs> right now. Um, but I was, I, all that is to be said. Isn't there a scenario where if the Packers lose, they're eliminated this week? Yeah, most or scenarios. I have that wrong? Most scenario. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is really a. It's a. It's so, a go home from here. So what what you're saying is the playoffs start. Someday yes. Hell yeah, brother. Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. All right. Um, Zach Thomas. Then don't ask it, Lance. Let's move on to injury report. Bill. Will you please, sir? I had to run through the injury report last week. Very difficult for me. I had a lot of problems. Uh, it brought me back to my days of not being able to pronounce the name of the Vikings defender in Gakwe. Uh, if I still got that correct, I'm not sure. But, Bill, will you run us through the injury report? All right. I'm going to start at uh, the Packers right at the top. David Bakhtiari, uh, he will not play this week. Uh, he once again did not participate today. Um, he's still recovering from his emergency appendectomy, which is just a wild injury. To have. <laughs> um, it's just strange. Um, AJ Dillon was not listed Thursday, but from what I think of what I've read, he has been moved off the injury reports. So I think he has cleared concussion protocol. Rudy Ford limited, Elton Jenkins limited, Aaron Jones limited, uh, Mercedes Lewis did not participate because of veteran rest, uh, and Keyshawn Nixon was limited with a groin that I assume everyone will play other than David Bakhtiari. Elton Jenkins is uh, limited right. with his back from carrying all that money out of Green Bay's facility. All right, continue. Thank you. Uh, on to Miami. Um, let's see here. Teron Armstead uh, did not participate with a toe, peck, and knee. Oh, my God. Uh, Brad, Brad, <laughs> the, the breath arm special. Uh, Bradley Chubb, limited with a knee. Uh, River Crocraft. Crocraft? Craft. I don't even know who that is. Craft, sure. Wide receiver did not participate with a... River Craft did not participate with a calf. Okay, say River K-Calf. <laughs> um... Eric Fisher did not participate with a calf. 
uh, Javon Holland limited with a neck. Uh, Melvin Ingram uh, not listed because of vet rest, which I didn't know he was even a, considered a veteran yet. I think that dude's like 23. I don't even know if that's right or not, but he feels like it. It feels right in my mind. Um, and Raheem Mostert was limited with that rest. Um, a lot of limiteds. Jalen Phillips limited. Duke Riley limited. Eric Rowe limited. Durham Smythe limited. And Jeff Wilson Jr. also limited. Zach Thomas? Did I already say that? Justin, you just did Dang. that one. Jason Taylor. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. All right. Let's move on to our matchup stats. We have matchup stats brought to you by our favorite NFL historian. So we are going to hand it over to Jeremy McAtelly. The all-time series between the Green Bay Packers and the Miami Dolphins is not as vast as others as we have moved back to the AFC. In 15 total matchups, the Miami Dolphins lead the series 10-5. They have never played in the Super Bowl before because they're AFC-NFC. It was a pretty dominant matchup, one-sided by the Miami Dolphins until, of course, the Brett Favre era started. They started on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 game winning streak over the Packers. The very last of which was Brett Favre's first game against the Miami Dolphins. And since then, it has been 4, 1, 2, 3, 5, and 2 for the Green Bay Packers. Their very first meeting came on December 19th of 1971. The Miami Dolphins routed the Green Bay Packers in Miami 27 to 6. And in 2018, the last time they played, as Bill and I previously mentioned, we were in attendance. It was a mucky, rainy, gross game. And the Packers came out with a little bit of a home field advantage and they routed the Dolphins there for 31 to 12. And as you all know, another notable matchup in 2014. A fake spike in Miami. Aaron Rodgers doubles down on Dan Marino's fake spike. Aaron Rodgers is supposedly clutch. Not clutch according to everybody else, but according to Mike, he is very clutch. And the Green Bay Packers come out victorious. 27-24. to 24. The Dolphins go into Sunday, hoping to take an 11-5 all-time lead. Cameron Wake. High snap, put down. Joseph, come on! It is good! No, he missed it. Good. Are you kidding me? He missed it right. He missed it right. Are oh, my heavens. Oh. Oh, my. This, he missed it right. What a gut punch to a team. Ball that play after play toward the end fought its way back. Oh, missed it by like a foot and just oh my god. How do you- All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for the matchup stats. We are gonna finish off with our prediction for the first time all year. I've recognized in myself that I tend to save my prediction for last. I don't want to do that this week. Bill, I'm going to save yours for last. I'm going to start us out. We have hot weather in Miami. The Packers offense thrives in hot weather, although we continue to tell ourselves that we are a cold weather team. We are not. We are not. The Packers put up 30 points again. They score 33. The Dolphins score 27. 33, 27. Green Bay Packers. Jeremy, what is your prediction? My prediction, which I'm going to go back to how I've been doing things all year. I went away from myself. I got outside. I played outside of myself, not within myself last week, in predicting a very predictable Packers win. I would much rather stick to a bit than be right, as I was right last week, and they beat 
the when they beat the downtrodden Los Me Angeles too. Rams. Me too. That's why I'm so bad at gambling. <laughs> I'm a bad gambler too. <laughs> I the don't Dolphins gamble. are going to show how much offense they are capable of having. Tyreek Hill is never going to play that way again. Him and Jalen Waddle are going to run up and down that Packers secondary and that pack that Dolphins defense that we know so much about now after talking it through on the pod they are going to stop the new and improved Packers offense and the Dolphins are putting up 30 like they have many times this year it's going to be 31 to 14 whoa time season ender whoa Packers don't even compete wow that's a low price okay Bill Finish this up here with your prediction. All right. Um, wow, I'm going to go with the boldest of bold predictions. Are you ready for this? This is this might be considered a take quake. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, copyrighted or not, but I'm saying it anyway. Um, Joe Barry figures out what the Whoa. is doing for at least one week. Whoa! What? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Jair, his shit-talking finally comes to fruition and they get two interceptions wow on Tua. wow yeah two interceptions went really high there two interceptions that's right um so i'm gonna say the packers obviously win because it's the packers big empire <laughs> uh and the packers always win when we do the podcast yes. uh the air Rodgers is gonna have a good game with only one weird fluky interception um because i know he's due for it uh, the Packers are going to win in a shootout, 35-28. Wow. Wow. And that is it. That is the Packers pregame podcast. You are welcome for listening, and we will see you next week. Bill, send us out. Go Pack, go.